Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. And today we're talking branding statements. Why you need one, and more importantly, what's in one. This is the Job Seekers Radio podcast providing meaningful support to find great careers faster. Today we're talking about branding statements. Branding statements really are just an identity statement. It's identifying who you are and why you're here. We're not talking existentially. We're talking about the career. Obviously, yeah. That's why it's called the Job Seekers Radio (laughs) Podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this relates to you professionally, your professional avatar, if you will. There you go. Yes. So this is the 411 on the branding statement. Uh, The first thing to recognize, I believe, is why is it so important to have one? One of the things that we want to impress upon those who work with us is that we are not commodities as employees or as potential employees. And we often put ourselves in that situation or in that mindset that, oh, you know, I just need to get hired. I'm, I'm one of a million. No, you are one in a million. You offer a product or service in a unique fashion. Um, There is a a line in a Broadway musical, for those of you who are are musical people, uh, Sunday in the Park with George, where George is um, talking to himself or really to the audience about the art of making art. It's one of the, the numbers of the show. And it focuses on the marketing and promotion of art, the business of art. That's the, the, what the song is about. And in that, he, um, he trips on his words as he's talking. He starts by saying, so you can go on exhibition so that your work can go on exhibition. You, like the work, you are not a commodity that is being negotiated. You offer something of value to anyone who hires you. The important part is finding the fit. So as you're building a branding statement, you need to present the idea of this is what I offer and this is how I can fit into your culture if your culture fits what I'm doing. There has to be an affinity there. There has to be a a natural ability to make those connections. So we start that really by creating a hook and that is the the business interest. Mm. Um, The idea that I'm going to capture your attention. And the, um, the branding statement needs to be brief. It's not an elevator pitch, which is sort of a, now a somewhat dated yeah. concept, although they're related. I think it's a buzzword. And so whatever we call it, it should just be your introduction, yes. your handshake, something that identifies you as a solution to somebody else's problem. Right. In a general sense. Well, and the idea of a handshake is the perfect analogy because it's brief. Sure. You only have so much time. That's right. And the human attention span is decreasing. Eight seconds last I checked. Woo! That's one second shy of a goldfish, by the way. Oh, good. Because of this fact, we need to use that to our benefit by getting somebody's attention quickly. So the first thing that we always recommend that you have in a branding statement is some kind of attention-grabbing statement. This can be a bold statement in some cases. In other cases, it could be using different grammatical usages like alliteration. That's a big word for a lot of people, (laughs) alliteration. So that's where we start with understanding. So you hit on something interesting, Scott, the idea of 
each person is unique and different and special, their own DNA. A lot of people aren't comfortable with that. That's what I've found. And so identifying what that is first is probably the right step to take first. Is like, who, who am I? Right. And that's a big philosophical question for a lot of people. It's also interesting. Uh, you had sent me a link to a conference talk where there, a comment was made about how millennials, now that they're taking, they have, are half of our workforce at the moment, um, they will turn down a job if it doesn't align with their personal values. Uh, this is something that we can really learn from our younger workers that the, the value they bring to the table is as important as the value that is offered from across the table. Mm. And so as we build branding statements, we need to make sure that we are tapping in in some fashion, if not stating outright what those values might be, that we're, we're tapping into that interest Again, trying to find the fit. You'll talk to HR people, whether it's the uh, the recruiter, the HR manager, whoever that might be, where cultural fit now has topped the um, the discussions on qualifications. Yes, qualifications are necessary. Cultural fit can be used inappropriately. We're not going to be talking about that today, but it is. Uh, the reason why you have behavioral questioning in job interviews, why you are discussing things that 10 years ago it would never have come up, because we need to make sure that we are aligning our values with those that we're interviewing. By the same token, the interview is a two-way process. If you are looking for work, you need to be interviewing the other the, the company. So the, the branding statement actually sets the tone in both directions. You think about large companies that do advertising. Name one company that is immediately recognizable as a brand. Aflac. Okay. Why is that recognizable? Repetition of a very distinct branding uh, philosophy. Absolutely. That never changes, really. Well, until what's-his-name got lost his job. But <laughs> maybe he should maybe we come should to do the a podcast on club. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's also McDonald's. Largest advertiser in the world is McDonald's. Now, why would the largest retailer need to continue to market themselves? Because they want to stay on top of the, the competitive set, right? So they continue to do their marketing. Same thing with Coca-Cola. How many other brands are we familiar with? Here in the Portland area, it's Nike, mm. right? Yeah. Along with a whole bunch of breweries and Stumptown Coffee and all these Intel other brands. And all, and all the rest of them. They all start with a branding statement. Mm -hmm. They all start with their, their logos, their brands. We always see car companies, BMW. What's their tagline? The ultimate driving machine, yeah, right? Yeah. Here is something that that sparks interest, and when it the, that interest is validated, they you know, people are actually using this phrase. They remember it. They keep it. So Scott, let's give give uh, the listeners an example. Okay, what I use when I'm introducing myself to people is I tell people I am fill in the blank. I am a teacher of self education. I help others learn how to position themselves so that they can find great new jobs faster. But I tell people I am a teacher of self-education. I think that's perfect. Because the, that's what I believe I am. Right. Right. 
Uh, depending on my audience, I will tell people that I am a corporate trainer. If they know what a corporate trainer is and what we do, I would say I'm an organizational development leader. The idea is give them an idea of not just what I do, but what I am. Mm. And part of my identity, quite frankly, is as a facilitator to help other people learn how to do whatever it is they're trying to do. Mm. And ultimately, the, that learning is self-learning. Um, coaches, self-directed coaching is something that I do. Mm. And the idea is to allow the, the individual that I'm coaching to discover for himself or herself what works for them, not necessarily what has worked for me. I may give suggestions, but only if they find themselves uh, looking for ideas. Otherwise, uh, as our friend Cleon Cox says, we have all the answers already within us. Yes, Cleon Cox, jobfindersupport.com, if you're interested. One thing I would caution you against, taking what you said to heart, is positioning yourself as a job title. I think there is a challenge that we all have in differentiating ourselves is that if we use the job title, we often make ourselves appear like everybody else. Mm. So really it's uh, a way to appear the same and not differentiated brand. That's a really good point. So think about how you can add to the job title. Now, the example I always think of is a gal that was a CFO and she would always come in and say, I am a CFO until she took our branding course. It's interesting. She then said, I am a financial plumber. Uh. So she borrowed her idea from another profession so that people could relate to what she does. Yeah, that that is really important. I was talking to a friend who is has been an entrepreneur, a business leader for many years. He's now an executive director of a nonprofit. And we were we were having drinks one night. Um, getting ready to order our meal and he was asking me about the job that I'm in now and I mentioned that I'm an organizational development specialist and I was talking about the various things that I've been doing with this company and finally he says well that sounds really academic and I didn't know what that he meant by that and he said well organizational development I don't even know what that is and that surprised me having been a business leader although small businesses i didn't expect him to not understand that term but here was a key lesson for me is i did not explore this understanding or in this case the lack of understanding before i went on to talk about what it was that i was doing had i said corporate trainer from the beginning we would have had an understanding from the beginning the language of the audience absolutely so this actually says two things one you should know the language of your audience mm -hmm. two you got feedback and made an adjustment. Absolutely. So that's an important thing to know that even though you're building a branding statement, it may not be perfect, it may not even be right, but you'll get feedback and you'll learn the, the audience language so that you can make modifications and improve. Absolutely. And it's not easy to think on your feet all the time. There are a, a number of reasons why we're not always at our best. And sort of like uh, one of the things I learned through a yoga class many years ago was how you are today isn't going to be exactly the same as the way you were yesterday, nor is it going to be exactly the same tomorrow. So accept what abilities you have today and simply work with, with that. So let's say I'm in a conversation. Uh, 
with my friend Seth and I, I blow it. I'm not having the kind of conversation I had hoped for. Well, that's not a problem per se, unless I make it one. If I can adjust during that conversation and follow up with something better, I've learned from it. Precisely. So the first step is have an attention grabbing opener. Right. We talked about that. The, th the second thing is to offer something of value in terms of what problem you solve. Right. Now, that's where we are. Now, we talked about the attention grabber. Tell me more about strengths. How, how do you use your strengths in your branding statement? Well, they're, again, depending on what the audience, who the audience is and what they might be looking for. One of the things that I, I have to understand before I have any of these conversations, my prep work, so to speak, is to know what my strengths are. There are a number of ways of finding out. There's Strengths Finders and Strengths Quest, which are two different books uh, that are available. They're in print. They're very helpful uh, to determine what your strengths are and they have every book has an individual user code that you go on their website and plug that in and then you take a survey and it it will give you an idea of some of your strengths the idea is you want to work with your strengths not spend a lot of time on your weaknesses because we make much more progress on things that we actually do well in the first place so the idea is work there first once you know what your strengths are, you can start talking about these things with the person that you're having the conversation with, and that strength comes through in the, 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 the words you're going to hear is, wow, you're speaking passionately about this, or wow, it sounds like you really know what you're talking about. That's the idea. Yes. So when you get that energy, when you start talking about things that really drive you, it shows. So you had the attention with your hook, with that attention-grabbing statement. Now your passion is drawing them in. Mm. So you want to get their attention and you want to hold their attention. Right. Assessments are a great way to go. The other thing I would suggest and a resource that was really helpful to me was What Color Is Your Parachute? That's another one. And there is some wonderful exercise. In fact, the best part of that book to me was when you cataloged all of your stories. And so don't ignore those times in your career when you felt excited, enthused, uh, where time evaporated when you were doing something. What were you doing and who were you doing it with? Right. And, and we try to always differentiate ourselves based on that versus saying, here, I can do this. Right. But the question is, should I position myself to be that person? Just because right. I can do it doesn't mean I, I'm, I'm strong at it or that I get joy from it, right. or any of those things. So when it comes from your heart, and you share a story from your heart, that's where the passion comes from. Absolutely. Well, there's also the idea of jack-of-all-trades. People think of that most of the time as a positive, because that means I have many talents, I can do a lot of different things. Well, the other half of that statement, a jack-of-all-trades, is a master of none. Mm. And often we are interviewing or approaching companies or individuals with the idea that we want them to think of us as a master of something. Mm -hmm. So focus your energies on what really drives you. How many times have we heard people say that it doesn't feel like work because I enjoy it so much? Why not try and get a job that you actually enjoy so much it doesn't feel like work? You have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice to do what you can do or, hey, I just need a job 
Yeah. Have you heard that one before? Uh, yeah. Okay. I've, I've said that. <laughs> I just need a job. Well, there's plenty of places I can take you right outside this window that would offer you a job. The question is, would you want to take it? Right. The answer is probably no. So the interesting part here is we want to focus in on those things that you enjoy and that you're strong at. So that combination to me is what holds people's interest. So you have the attention grabber, you hold their interest with your strengths. Now we need to make a pivot. We need to demonstrate our competence. Have you ever done that before? Uh, sometimes. Okay. So the idea here is that you share with them something that would demonstrate that you're actually good at this thing, a measured outcome. Me as an analytical personality style, right? We never know who's going to be across the table from us. Right. We, that person might be amiable. They might be some other personality style from us. We talked about this. We before. did. So you use different terminology because you're, you're a DISC guy. That's right. Uh, I'm more of a Wilson learning guy. So I, that, that's what I relate to. But the idea here being is that we need to give a little bit for everybody. Absolutely. And having that measured outcome is going to position you not only as high value, but in their mind, low risk. Absolutely. Which is a, is a powerful combination. For sure. Well, and style preferences really does make a difference. And it's not that you have to match the style. Um, ultimately, our style preferences don't change, uh, at least not much. The exception, of course, is after trauma, but hopefully nobody will have to go through that. Um, but the idea isn't to change who you are. It's how to adapt to someone else's style so that what you're talking about continues to connect with them mm -hmm. and to d demonstrate to them that you can work with them. Indeed. And at this point in the process of delivering a branding statement, it's a handshake. So you, don't, you may not even know their style. So the idea is we want to mirror them, of course, as much as possible, but give them as many pieces of that puzzle as we can so that they can feel accepted. Absolutely. Which is... Well, and, and that also brings up the idea that this isn't about you. And as long as your elevator speech, if we want to use that term, uh, if you're going on to that 30-second monologue, if, if I'm making it about me, that's all well and good. That gives them an idea of what I'm about, uh, but it doesn't necessarily meet their needs. It isn't putting their, um, their um, priorities or their, um, their values in the picture. However, if I can turn this around and start involving you in the conversation so that this is more than just an elevator speech, this is about how do we have a connection where I can actually complement your style or your need or your value. Now there's a reason for them to continue talking to me. Perfect. And that actually leads to the fourth component. So we had the attention grabber, right? We held their attention with some strengths. We offered some tangible measured benefit, and then we, we pivot to a call to action. That's where you have an open-ended question mm -hmm. that actually starts a conversation, which is important, right? This is a lot like tennis, serve and volley, right? I've tried to play tennis by myself. It doesn't go very well. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go very well. So the idea here is you want to serve and volley. You, so you start a conversation by asking a question. Yep. Open-ended. So one of the tricks that uh, I, I learned during my three years of uh, consulting um, was always be working on a project. Doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you are, are employed or unemployed. The idea is there should be something you're working on for yourself. 
at any given time. It gives you something to talk about. Hopefully it's something that aligns with your values. Otherwise, I'm not sure why you'd be a, doing it. But a passion whatever. project. But a passion project. Right. The, the, the idea is everybody loves to give information and advice across the board. The minute you say you're looking for a job, they will shut down unless they have a job for you. Mm. How many times does that actually happen? Not many. So it puts them on the defensive. Oh, I can't help you. I'm going to shut down. Instead, if you're working on a project, then you're looking for information or advice. They are going to give that more freely. Here is your entree into asking an open-ended question to find out more about them. And in that, whatever the project is, do you have information on this or do you know someone who might be? But the idea is get them talking. Start taking note of what they value, what's important to them. Uh, you can get an idea of their style preference. You know, are they fast-paced? Do they take their time when they're talking? Whatever that might look like. The open-ended question that I often suggest people use is tell me more. Tell me more is a great one. So hey, tell me more about why you're here. Tell me more about that. Right? Absolutely. And, and so there's just such an easy way. The open-ended question, and we'll get into this more in future podcasts. Yes, on we will. How do you structure a, a networking meeting and what does that mean? And we need to identify that if you're meeting somebody for the first time, the outcome is really simple. The outcome you want is just to get another meeting. Yes. Because at, at the event you're at, it may not be the context or the time, and you may not have their full attention. Well, and you know you're not going to have it for very long. Indeed. So let's recap. All right. Number one, attention grabber. Hook. A hook. For those of you who have marketing training, it's the hook. Excellent. Step number two, have solid strengths, solid strengths that you know can solve another person's problem. Right. And that is what makes it memorable when you connect on that level. Excellent. Step three, offer some tangible measured outcome or results to demonstrate your competence. Positions you as high value, low risk. And the, what would the fourth question be, do you think? The fourth? The fourth topic. The fourth is a call to action. It's an open-ended question. It's an open-ended question. Did you do that on purpose? I did. Oh, that was wonderful. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Job Seekers Radio podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, would you please leave us a review? Let us know what you got out of this podcast. And by all means, please share We'd love to see this get around, uh, in large part because as we put more and more of these together, we want to reach more and more people. Awesome. We'll see you on the next episode of the Job Seekers Radio Podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. We'll see you next time. <laughs>